So uh, last week was kind of a crazy week for our family, uh, a lot of travel, just some different things going on with work. We started uh, last week on the East Coast. We spent the middle of the week here in Nashville, and then we ended the week on the West Coast. And so we got back you know, a few days ago, and our bodies were just discombobulated, kind of out of rhythm, kind of out of sync, and just utterly exhausted. And you know, on Thursday night, I come home from work, and I tell Sydney, I'm like, the, the only thing I need to do is like, let's just eat dinner, and let's just put on a movie, and just cuddle as a family. Like, I'm just absolutely worn out. I don't know if you've ever been there before where you're just so physically exhausted. And so we, we came into the weekend, and we're like, man, what are we going to do to rest? Like, how are we going to try to get recharged? And so we thought, man, let's go camping. Like, that sounds... That, that, that sounds restful, you know, let's, let's go stay outside in 94 degree heat, you know, in a tent with a plastic tarp and three sweaty, overactive boys, like, you know, let's, let's, let's do that, you know, and so we, we went and we camped this weekend and it was actually a ton of fun, but, you know, just uh, still tired, and so we're coming back from camping yesterday, we, we get back into town and we're running errands and we'd been home uh, like for 30 minutes, I'm like, Sid, I'm just gonna lay down and take a little bit of a nap, she had to go run some errands, and so she calls me, uh, literally just as I'd fallen asleep. I think she called like three times. I missed the first few calls because I was asleep. And I answered the phone, and she said, hey, surprise. I'm like, what? And she said, I've got a flat tire. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you know? And, and, and so, uh, you know, get in the car and go over uh, to, to help her and Micah out and get there, and there's this guy that stopped to help with flat tires, just amazing uh, dude, and get, oh, get oh, oh. I'd already changed this. Okay. <laughs> Okay, hey, th this is my wife, not some random woman rebuking me, for those that don't know. Let, let me set the record straight. She had done most of the changing of the tire. That's a true statement. Let's give it up. Woman power. Woman power. She don't need no man. She, <laughs> she likes this man. Um, and uh, no, so yeah, she had done most of the hard work. Uh, I got there just to celebrate her and her uh, independence. And... Uh, but they get there and the tire's been changed and uh, I didn't do anything. And um, I, I, I get in the van and I go take it to the place where we've got to get the, the tire replaced. And so uh, I show up and turn the van in. How long is it gonna take? What's it gonna cost? We're kind of doing that whole deal. And so uh, getting the tires put on. And this time, like a large amount of time goes by. And I thought, man, I thought they were supposed to be done by now. So I go back to the spot where our tire's getting fixed. And the three guys that were working there in the shop are sitting outside of the shop, smoking cigarettes, playing on their phone, eating Twizzlers. They have this huge thing of Twizzlers. I'm not sure why. They're just pounding Twizzlers and cigarettes and playing on their phone. And I said, hey, is my car done? They're like, yeah, bro, it's been done for a while. And I'm like, were you going to call me? Like, I'm not, like, how could I know that? And they're like, well, it's been done for a while. And I'm like, okay, you know, so I'm like, thanks. And I, you know, I pay them and, and I go out to the car and I get out to the car and I don't know how to say this gently. They had not like even attempted to do a good job. Like they, it hadn't even crossed their mind to do a great job. Like with, you know, despite the fact that I'd paid them, didn't even cross their mind that maybe they were gonna do good customer service. I get out and the, the spare tire, no attempt to put it back where it goes. No attempt to put any of the tools back where they go. Just threw everything in our back seat. Car smells like smoke. I'm like, oh, and have you ever had one of these moments where you're just like, you know, I know you're more holy than I am, but. I was just like, and so then I do what any good Christian does. I got real passive aggressive. I, I opened up the back of the car and I start putting everything back together so they can see me doing it, like in hopes that they'll come over and help me. Like, you know, I don't even ask them. I'm just like, oh, I'll just do it. You know, and so I'm, I'm back there putting stuff and sure enough, they're just, you know, just pounding marble reds and eating Twizzlers and playing on their phones. Never crosses their minds 
to help me. And so uh, I finish and I get in the car and I'm driving back to my house, exhausted, frustrated, angry. And I'm just like, oh God, like what's wrong with human beings? Like how come no, nobody like cares about service anymore? And, and I, I just felt the spirit of God just kind of gently rebuke me. I don't know if you've ever had one of these moments before where he said, Dave, um, do you think that you showed up there today for them to serve you? Or do you think I sent you there to serve them? And I'm like, well, Lord, I paid $345. <laughs> Doesn't feel that complicated. <laughs> and just this subtle voice like, hey, are, are they there to serve you? Are you there to serve them? And then I just reminded that like in my heart, like, like deep in my heart, there, there is still this like old way of thinking that tends to dominate me. And most of the time I, I look at other human beings without even meaning to do this, I look at other human beings and go, man, they exist to serve me. They exist to bless me. And, and Jesus is going, no, but in my kingdom, <laughs> in my kingdom, you exist to serve them. And I kept thinking about this, this moment out of Mark chapter 10, if you have your Bibles, we're gonna start Mark chapter 10, verse 35 together this morning. I love, I love this story, and honestly, I hate this story. Because <laughs> like, we're talking about what it means to be rooted in Jesus that first week, when we were together, we said, what's it look like to be rooted in Jesus? It requires grace and grit. The second week, it requires being anchored in his word. Last week, it requires being anchored in his vision. And, and this week, it's like, what does it look like to be rooted in Jesus? What well, means we're, we're, we're anchored in the servant-hearted nature of Jesus himself. And there's this moment in Mark chapter 10 where, where Jesus, he begins to challenge the, the framework, the fabric of our hearts as human beings, and he begins to kind of press on that tendency that all of us have where we begin to think that people exist to serve us and bless us, and Jesus says, what if it's actually the other way around? And so he's, he's with his 12 disciples here. He's in the middle of doing what they're doing, and I, I love this moment. Mark chapter 10, verse 35, it says, James and John... These are two of Jesus' disciples, two of his friends. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they came to Jesus and they said, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, I just want you to think about that for a moment. I'm just gonna read that again. These are two normal human dudes. Like, this is like the most normal human beings ever. Remember who they're talking to, Jesus, the son of God, creator of the universe? And they, they just like march in his presence. And what do they say? They say to Jesus what you think to Jesus, but you don't have the courage to say because you grew up in the South and you know better than this. No one had trained them in religious ethics 101. Look what they say. They say, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, now here's what's so stunning to me about this moment. I don't know if you have a life verse. You know, a verse that just kind of defines you, you know, for some of you, maybe you have it tattooed on you and it's like, oh, you know, this is like my, my life verse. But here's the reality. A lot of us have a life verse, but in reality, this is your life verse. This is how you think. This is how you feel. This, is, this should be my life verse. Not that I want it to define who I am, but man, this, this, is, this is really kind of a picture of my heart. And if I'm really honest, most days I don't want a God. I want a genie. I don't want someone to serve or to take orders from. I want someone who will serve me and take orders from me. And the disciples, they march in the presence of Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, we want you to do whatever, we, want you to do whatever we ask you to do. It's what a lot of us think as we come in the presence of Jesus. Just reflect on your prayers, even over the last 21 days. 
What's your prayer life like? Every morning, is it, Jesus, give me orders, I'll do whatever you say? <laughs> or is it, Jesus, bless me, give me, serve me? <laughs> I love this, they just walk in his presence and they say what so many of us feel. But I, here, here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus doesn't, he doesn't blast them here. He doesn't call down fire out of heaven and make an example of them. You know, he doesn't just like barbecue them there in front of the friends. Like, I love what Jesus does in grace and tenderness. He meets them right where they are. And he just entertains their self-centeredness for a moment. And he says, verse 36, he says, what do you want me to do for you? He says, what do you want me to do for you? And here's their moment to kind of right the wrong. Like, you know, they could have like realized, oh, that's kind of a selfish request. Jesus, bring world peace. Jesus, forgive the sins of humanity. <laughs> like, 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 Jesus, would you pour out yourself for those that don't yet know you? But they, they haven't caught it yet. That's not what they do. Look, look at what they respond they said, Jesus, verse 37, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left hand in glory. <laughs> Jesus, here's what we're after. They say, we want to be right beside you. And not because they were seeking intimacy, but because they were seeking authority. <laughs> They're like, Jesus, would you put us in a place of honor? We want all of our friends from Capernaum. We want all of our friends from where we grew up to see, see that we made it. Like, could we, could we be right beside you? And Jesus' response is so beautiful. He keeps going, verse 38. He says, you have no idea what you're asking. I don't know how you picture Jesus. This is a little bit of just creative interpretation. I imagine him almost just laughing here. Like, I don't see him being angry. I just imagine Jesus like, you guys are idiots. Like, uh, God bless you. Like, you have, you, you, you have no idea. You don't know what you're asking me. You, you don't know what you're requesting here. He's like, this is absurd. He keeps going. He says, can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? Or be baptized in the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with. And so Jesus isn't speaking in religious terms here. He's not talking about a physical drink or a physical baptism. He's talking about the way that he's going to die and suffer for the kingdom. And he says, can you take the path that I'm going to take? And I love their response, just totally naive. Verse 39, they go, yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> we can. <laughs> like, I'm just like... Just so, yes, we can do that, Jesus. Like, like uh, just the absurdity of this moment. Yes, yes, we can. We got it. We got it. And I love their confidence. Jesus responds. He says, you will drink the cup and be baptized with the baptism that I've been baptized with. But to sit at my right hand or left hand is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they've been prepared. And when the 10 heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. So all of a sudden, the other disciples, they hear about this conversation, and they're angry. And I want you to notice why they're angry. They're not angry because James and John asked for something ridiculous. They're angry because they think they're going to get this ridiculous thing that they all want as well. And they're like, oh, we want that. Like, they're so mad at their brothers. Like, oh, they asked first. Like, like how'd they get to it first? And there's this beautiful teaching moment where Jesus begins to expose the fabric of the human heart. He says, hey guys, here's a moment for you to learn. You've been with me all this time. He says, but you still don't think the way that I think. And I love this. Look at verse 42. So Jesus called all of them together and he said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers or leaders of the Gentiles, they lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. So Jesus says, hey, listen, he says, he says, you know how this works in the world. And here, here's a big idea that I want you to see. He says, here's how the world operates. The world has taught you to believe that other people exist to bless you and serve you. 
He says, that's the way that the, the, the world operates. He says, here's how the world operates. The world has taught you to believe that other people exist to bless you and to serve you. It's what I was feeling yesterday after my, getting my tire fixed. I just realized, man, this is what I've been trained. It's, uh, maybe you don't think that on a Sunday morning, like on a Sunday morning, you know the right answer to say? It's like, we're here for the world. But today when you're sitting at lunch and the waitress is really slow, or, or tomorrow when that employee on your team hands in work and it's just absolute trash and they know it and you know it, or, or, or when your friends don't do what they ask you to do, like in, in, in those real life moments when you're not sitting in these comfortable plastic chairs on a Sunday morning and, and, and you don't know the answer that you're supposed to give, Jesus says, here's how you've been trained to think, this is what the world's training you to think, is that other people exist to bless you and to serve you. He says, that's the way that the world thinks. And he says, and you have smuggled that way of thinking into the kingdom. And so he looks out at the disciples and he says, he says you're not thinking correctly. But he turns, it on its head, it turns that way of thinking on its head. It's one of my favorite verses and one of the most challenging verses to me in all of the gospel. Look at verse 43 with me. He says, but not so with you. I want you to say that with me. Not so with you. Say that again. Not so with you. He says, in the world, you've been taught in the world that people exist to serve you and bless you. He says, but not so with you. Not here. Not in this kingdom. Not in this way. He says, people do not exist to serve you. You exist to serve them. Not so with you. He said, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must first of all be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all people. Jesus says, this is the way it works in the kingdom. In the world, it's people exist to serve and bless you. He says, but in the kingdom, you realize that you exist to serve and bless people. This is the radically upside down, inside out way of the kingdom of God. Jesus says, wherever you go, whomever you're surrounded around, whoever you see, whatever your position in life is, they do not exist to serve and bless you. But as my children, as my people, you exist to bless and serve them. He ends it like this in verse 45. He says, for even the Son of Man, I love this, even the Son of Man. Jesus says, even God himself. If anybody had the right to be waited on hand and foot, who would it be? It'd be Jesus. He says, but even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many people. So Jesus said, this is the way that it works in the kingdom of God. That as Jesus' followers, we begin to realize that people don't exist to serve and bless us, but we exist to bless and serve others. And fundamentally, as a church, one of the most important questions we ever get to ask is how does our existence as a church become a blessing of service to the city that God has put us in? How does our existence as a church become a blessing of service to the city that God has placed us in? Does us gathering here on a Sunday morning do anything to make life fundamentally better for the people around us that we're gonna run into all week long? And Jesus says in the kingdom, he says, if you wanna be rooted in me, it's not just about having a vision of me or being rooted in my word or being rooted in my grace. He says, it's being rooted in my servant 
hearted posture towards the world where you realize wherever you go, you become the waiters of humanity where you get to serve. And guys, this is, this is a challenge. So hard. Because everything in our lives pulls against this. Everywhere you go, the, the, the tendency of our human hearts is to be served. It's the reason you love going to restaurants instead of cooking at home. <laughs> it's the reason you love all-inclusive resorts, right, if you've ever gotten to go to one. It's like, it, it, it's the reason you just love being waited on because there's something within us that longs to be served. And Jesus says, but no, as the kingdom comes near, he says, you begin to be rooted in my ways and you begin to serve and bless others. And so one of the, uh, the challenges that we're constantly wrestling with as a church family is, hey, what does it look like? What does it look like to recognize that our existence is about the glory of God and the good of the people here in the city? What does it look like for the goodness that's happening in here to spill out into the city uh, all around us? And, and so constantly, we're going, how do we live this out? And so this, this morning, in, in, instead of us just sitting here and, and talking about, like, well, what's it look like to serve? Well, what's it look like to be servant-hearted people? We go, why, why don't we just practice it? Why don't, why don't we just step into it? Instead of us having a sermon and listening to songs and then congratulating each other on our new theological assertion, like, why don't we just go, hey, let's just go be the blessing that God has invited us to be. And so here's what we're gonna do in, in just a few minutes. Uh, instead of ending with worship and communion and a, a long teaching here in just a few minutes, we're gonna stand up and we're gonna leave this building but worship's not gonna be finished. We're gonna leave, we're gonna get in our cars, and we're gonna drive to Kroger on 8th Avenue, we're gonna drive to Kroger in Green Hills, and we're gonna go, and for the glory of God, we're gonna clean the store out, we're gonna purchase what we buy, we're not stealing. This is not just like mass robbery in the name of Jesus. We're, we're gonna go in, and we're gonna, we're gonna clear the store out for the glory of God, and we're gonna take those groceries that we're purchasing, and we're gonna put them on U-Haul trucks that we have sitting in those parking lots, and then later today, we're gonna to take that food and we're gonna stock the food pantry at Martha O'Brien, just an amazing organization that partners with underprivileged families here in the city, just a few miles from where we're at right now. They give long-term care to people that are facing all kinds of crisis. And we're gonna say, hey, today, how does our existence as a church bless and serve those here in the city? And if you've never been a part of this, I'm just telling you, it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun. Here in just a minute, we're gonna send you out of here. As you leave, I wanna give you just a couple of instructions before you leave. On the way out, we're gonna give you a grocery list, okay? And you're gonna notice that these grocery lists are gonna come in different colors because there's different items on the grocery list, okay? And so this is kind of our way of keeping it organized. And so I need you to pay attention. Those of you that are type A, like lock in with me. Those of you that are not type A, make sure you have a type A friend that will fill you in because you're gonna need it, okay? So as you leave in just a moment, some of our volunteers are gonna hand you a grocery list, and at the top of that list are a couple of locations that you can go to. So if you show up at Whole Foods, I'm sorry, there's gonna be no truck at Whole Foods, okay? So you need to go to one of these two locations, step number one. Step number two, there are items that you can buy on the list, okay? And so here's what I wanna encourage you. You can buy one item on the list, you can buy all the items on the list, you can buy bunches of the items that are on the list, you can buy as much or as little as you want. Some of you have a lot of money. Some of you don't have much money at all. The cheapest item on the list is about 60 cents. The most expensive item on the list is a few dollars. 
you don't have any money, use your parents' credit card and ask for forgiveness. Um, whatever you want to do. But hey, 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 please, please just buy stuff on the list. Like, you know, don't get crazy like, oh, I want a cheesecake or, you know, something like, just get stuff that's on the list. Okay, so step one, go to one of these grocery stores. Step two, pick up something that's on this list, okay? Step three, bring this list with your groceries out to the U-Haul that's in the parking lot at one of these locations and, and be patient with our volunteers that are there getting ready to receive you uh, as you store it. Now, uh, here's what happens, because uh, here in a few moments, there's gonna be hundreds of us flooding Kroger and uh, yes, we've told them we're coming and every year they still are like deer in the headlights, like who are all these people and what's happening? And so, hey, be patient, be kind as, as we embody the servant heart of ways, ways of Jesus. Please don't be a tool, like don't be, don't, don't be a jerk. Like you're gonna show up and there's gonna be some lady that shops every Sunday morning because it's empty and she is not gonna be happy that 800 Christians filled the store immediately. She will not be feeling the glory of God in that moment. Here's just a great servant-hearted practice. You should just let her skip all the way to the front of the line. Just let her go all the way to the front of the line. If you see somebody that's clearly not with us, can you let them cut to the front? Um, like, they don't wanna stay in the line forever. Um, every year it's fun. There'll be people that ask, what are you doing? Tell them what we're doing boldly. Hey, just in the name of Jesus. We're trying to embody the ways of Jesus for the sake of those that are hungry in our city and invite them into it. Every year we have people, just random strangers, jump in and serve with us in this way. Every year we have people that, that become a part of our church that give their lives to Christ because they meet us in the grocery store. This will be the loudest sermon that some of you will preach this year. And it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. And so I wanna invite you to stand up. I'm gonna pray over us. And then we're gonna continue our, our worship service uh, in the aisles of Kroger today. And so I just invite you, let's just grab the hand of the person next to you. As we pray, we're in this together as a family. And uh, let, let me pray, and then I'm gonna send you out of here as quickly as possible, and let's, let's go um, serve uh, the Lord together. Father, I love you, and we just give you honor for who you are and for what you're doing. Lord, we just acknowledge that every one of us in the core of our hearts wants you to serve us and wants other people to serve us as well. Jesus, forgive us of that. Jesus, we want to embrace your servant-hearted ways. We want to live 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, as though we are here to serve and bless those in the city. God, would you use this act of service today to solidify something in our hearts? Would you use it to strengthen something in our spirits? But more than anything, would you use it to bring yourself glory and to bring glory uh, to you among the lives of the people, not just who will receive this food, but in the lives of people who are gonna witness us purchasing the food. God, would you bring revival across all of these grocery stores today as we get out of the building and as we live into what it is that you've called us to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray and give thanks, amen.